Joining us, Christina Hooper is the Chief Global Market Strategist at Invesco. Christina, in your latest note, you advise investors to take some Pepto-Bismol, get ready for maybe a little turbulence, and then you look back at history. So what does uh, history tell us about what to expect if there is any delay in knowing the result of this event tomorrow? Well, Oliver, history tells us that there have been contested elections before. Of course, we know about 2000, but that was a pretty civilized affair. If we go back to 1876, Whoa. that, <laughs> I know it's a while back. Actually, it was so long ago that back then, Connecticut was a swing state. <laughs> we if we go back to, to 1876, you have Samuel Tilden as the Democratic candidate, Rutherford B. Hayes as the Republican candidate, and it looks like Samuel Tilden has won on election night. Um, he has won the popular vote, um, but um, what comes into dispute is tactics and voter fraud in a few specific states, um, four to be exact, um, which would change the dynamic uh, if Rutherford B. Hayes were to get all four states, those electoral votes would actually put him ahead by one. Wow. Uh, so, uh, so uh, as you can imagine, things got a little ugly. Um, in fact, there were calls for violence. Um, uh, President Ulysses Grant uh, moved artillery tanks into Washington, D.C., uh, and there was uh, heightened tension for, for weeks. Um, ultimately, uh, what happened was an electoral commission was formed. Uh, they decided Rutherford Hayes was the winner, um, but there was still opposition. Finally, Hayes had to agree to the Compromise of 1877 in order to end a congressional filibuster and get inaugurated. So it was pretty ugly, pretty tense for a while, but as we know, uh, Rutherford Hayes did um, have a pretty uneventful time in office. He was a one-term president, and he presided over a period of relative peace. Okay, so since uh, the Electoral Count Act following that event, maybe a little bit less uh, you know, uncertainty about how to go about dealing with these situations, and maybe a little heads up here, historically speaking, that uh, even if things don't go perfectly, there's some degree of precedent for it. What do you think the market has in mind, Christina, for expectations right now? Well, we were just looking at a few charts coming in. It's obviously, we you know, VIX's bid back up. Some of the indexes measuring far out of the money puts are bid back up. Do you think that has to do with uh, worries that maybe something like this could happen again? Oh, absolutely. I think right now there is a double whammy facing markets, right? Because we have rising COVID-19 infections. We got news this weekend that in fact, England is going to, that the UK is going to implement uh, a broader lockdown that's gonna last for a month and perhaps could last long, longer. And what we learned from the spring is that usually we can see our near future um, in what is going on right now in Europe. And so there is that potential that things could get worse in the US and we might be subject to lockdowns as well. So that's certainly one source of concern and volatility in markets. The other of course is the election and what that might bring. But I think this will be very short-lived uncertainty, quite frankly. Um, yes, we've seen the VIX go up very significantly, um, but I think what we've learned from past periods of uncertainty, of civil unrest, is that it typically passes very quickly. That markets are a voting machine in the short run, 
but they are a weighing machine in the longer term. Hmm. Maybe even some of the recent history, I mean, we had months of ongoing riots, protests here in the U.S. this year, uh, just, I mean, very directly, objectively looking at the impact on the market, at least. I don't know about the impact on the economy, but the market seemed to be fine as we continue to make new highs. Christina, what's confusing to me still that I have trouble wrapping my head around is, even though we've got the election concerns, maybe bidding up some of the volatility aspects, and we've got the coronavirus cases going up again. Last week, we had one of the best weeks for economic data since August. The city economic surprise ticked up for the first time in like eight weeks. What role is that playing here in what's happening uh, in yields going higher, stocks coming off? I mean, where does that piece of information fit in? Because we've got these worries about election, worries about the virus, but the data just beat everyone's expectations last week. Well, the data has been quite good and earnings season has been quite good as well thus far. Um, but I think what's important to note is the stock market is discounting the future. And what it sees in the future is the potential for reduced economic activity because mobility uh, may very well be reduced. And of course, add to that the potential for civil unrest. We can't ignore the fact that there are businesses around the country that are actually boarding up windows right now, that there are preparations for civil unrest. So I think that winds up superseding, outweighing um, what positive data we're getting and what positive earnings reports we're getting. Christina, what should we look for on the economic side to see if some of those concerns going forward are showing up? What's the transmission mechanism to watch between COVID cases and markets through the economy? Uh, is it the traffic? Is it sentiment? Uh, our sentiment number was also a good last week, uh, despite what we've seen for the virus going back up. I mean, we were concerned the virus was going to cause big shutdowns. Uh, and that kind of second, you know, wave extension, whatever you want to call it, back in the late summer, TSA numbers just kept going up. Well, I think we want to look at Google mobility data because what that tells us is the level of movement that households, that individuals are, are engaged in. Uh, because we know it, it's very easy when there are lockdowns, right? We can just look at stringency going up, economic activity goes down. But if we don't have um, broad lockdowns, what we look to is mobility because individuals make choices about how safe the environment is and whether or not they want to get out and move around. So that has been very helpful. Um, but of course, we want to look at all kinds of economic data. Uh, just one week, even though I know last week was a good week, one week does not uh, an economic climate create. And so we really want to follow very closely, especially employment data, because I think a lot of the low hanging fruit has been picked and we may not see strong job gains going forward, especially uh, as we face this COVID-19 headwind. What do you think right now, Christina, the uh, role of stimulus is in this market? It was again, what kind of one of these stories that people spent a lot of time talking about the last couple of months. Uh, yet the market has been more favorable to companies that you'd think depend on stimulus. Uh, the tech stuff has been what's been having trouble the last couple months. And we've actually had outperformance in small businesses and cyclical companies. Is that showing us that there needs to be some follow through on the stimulus side? Or is it showing us that with the economic data doing better, that maybe we don't need as much stimulus as we thought? economy definitely needs stimulus, but the stock market may not need stimulus. And right. I think that's an important distinction. What the stock market needs is a very accommodative Fed. That's what it has gotten. And I would argue it will continue to get.
Now, of course, you raise an important point about uh, cyclicals uh, performing better, uh, smaller caps performing better. And I really do believe that on a daily basis, the stock market makes a decision on the shape of the economic recovery. And as a result of that decision, it either favors uh, the more defensives and the secular growth names, or it favors the more secular and smaller cap names. And that really does change on an almost daily basis. Um, there are times when the stock market feels better. Um, we get data on improvement, uh, on progress in therapies, uh, the creation of a vaccine. We get better economic data, and it causes stocks to favor one part of, of the market more than another. Um, but I would give the caveat that that can change, and the stock market is a fickle, mm. fickle being. All right. I uh, appreciate it, uh, Christina. Thanks for the thoughts here. I like the history lesson. Useful as always and helpful. Appreciate it, Christina Hooper, Chief Global Market Strategist at Invesco.